0: From MPV Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy, Kids and Teens, where we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. For most of us, the summer is winding down. However, in Mississippi, the heat remains, and much to our dismay, the heat's probably going to be around for a few more months. With well, school starting back and fall sports gearing up, we're going to be talking today about different complications with the heat as well as maybe getting into concussions as well. So share your comments and questions with us this morning by calling at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens from MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, assistant professor of pediatrics and internal medicine at UMMC. For most of us, summer is winding down and schools got back in session. But in Mississippi, the heat remains, and much to our dismay, the heat's going to be around for a few more months. With school starting back and fall sports gearing up, we're going to be talking today about the different complications with the heat. As usual, we'll be taking your questions and comments, and we'd love to hear from you. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464, or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. So the heat is still around, although the past couple of days have, have felt actually not too bad, um, and school's back in session, which means fall sports are gearing up Um for a lot, that's football, but soccer is also a big one um, around the fall, around here. And both of those are going to be outside uh, with kids and wearing, running, uh, getting very hot. So um, i was going to talk today about some of the different complications that you can see with heat. Um, we'd love to hear your stories or any um, questions you may have regarding the heat and different complications that you've experienced. Um, You know, in the headlines this summer were, uh, unfortunately, the passing of that University of Maryland football player that uh, sounds like he was, he actually passed away from complications related to a heat stroke, Um, and unfortunately, it sounds like a few of the signs uh, were missed and possibly, you know, can't say that now, but could have prevented, or at least can help other people prevent having these complications. So I kind of wanted to touch base with that and um, talk a little bit more about that. So uh, with the heat, you know, your body is, has a temperature, a core temperature that it keeps, the 98.6 or somewhere around there. Everybody's is a little differently. And it can vary throughout the day. So your body's really good at regulating its temperature um, because it doesn't stay the same temperature all the time. In the heat, the most uh, common way our body regulates this temperature is through sweating. Um, as you know, we have tons of sweat glands all throughout our body. I read um, the average person has about 2.6 million sweat glands. Um, so those are um, everywhere. And that's how, we cre- that's how we cool our body down. So the sweat, our body sweats, it evaporates off our skin. And that allows for the heat to be lost and to cool off. Everybody sweats differently. Um, Some people sweat a lot. Some people barely sweat at all. Um, So everybody's gonna respond differently to the heat. But everybody should sweat at least some, because that's our body's way of cooling us off. In Mississippi, we have a ton of humidity. Um, Fortunately, that's been down a little bit for the past couple of days, but in general, We keep that humidity for a long time, and humidity interferes with the way we sweat and the way our body cools off because there's so much moisture in the air. Um, The sweat cannot evaporate like it normally would in a dry environment. So for that, you tend to get hotter faster, and your body has trouble regulating that temperature. A couple of other problems that can uh, arise when trying to have your body cooled off from the heat is if you're taking certain medicines. Uh, so, if you're on any blood pressure medicines out there, you know, one of our most common class of blood pressure medicines we use is diuretics. So, what a diuretic does is it makes you urinate more. Um, so, for that, you lose volume that you could be sweating off. Instead, through the diuretic medicine, it's going to make you more prone to getting dehydrated and overheating a lot faster. Some other medicines, especially uh, that we use in kids for seizures, they can decrease the sweating. So if you have any um, kids out there with seizures or know anybody, that's one of the things that we counsel people on is if they're on a few of those medications that can do that. You have to be very careful in the summertime and making sure that your child is drinking lots of fluids Um, And trying to stay in cooler environments because it's going to have, the body's going to have a harder time um, taking care of that cooling process with sweating. There's also some um, Parkinson's medicine. So for some of our adults, um, that can definitely interfere with that as well. So it's kind of the same process. They all, uh, the the neurologic medications, uh, decrease the sweating. For that, those people are going to be at a higher risk for getting overheated and the complications that come along with heat. Our kids, our babies, are going to be more at risk, too. Babies don't sweat that much, um, especially our young babies. But as you get older, they do start to sweat more. But even so, our kids are going to be vulnerable, just like our elderly, too, are going to be more vulnerable as well. Um, And the kids, you know, they can't communicate with us either and tell us when they're getting hot, especially our, our little ones, our babies and our toddlers. So it's important to make sure that we are keeping a close eye on their conditions. When we sweat, not only are we losing our water um, and evaporating so we can cool off, but we also lose some electrolytes. So electrolytes are sodium and chloride, potassium, different things that our cells in our body need to function every day. So it's important that you know we not only replace the water, but we also replace those electrolytes. So that's where the, the drinks like Gatorade and Powerade and those things come into play. So hydration is going to be key especially during these hot, hot months, and especially with your kids that are playing sports in these hot months. We're talking today about different complications that can happen in the heat, and in this Mississippi heat, unfortunately, we see it a fair amount. Um, We'd love to hear from you, so give us a call with any questions or comments that you may have. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. So what happens when you get hot and you can't sweat and you can't cool off? Um, so there's, there's several different things that can happen, and it's kind of a slow progression, and they kind of all blur together. It's just kind of a different range of the symptoms you can have. But dehydration is obviously one of the things, as we talked about, you lose that water because you're sweating it off. So dehydration happens a lot. With dehydration, the complications that can come with dehydration You know, it affects your sodium levels. That's probably one of the biggest things we see. Um, And so your sodium levels can get a little off uh, when you're dehydrated. Why that's important is because, just like I said, your cells need sodium. Your cells need potassium. They need these electrolytes to function every day. So your sodium can get off. The other thing is when when you're dehydrated, you have decreased blood volume in your blood vessels. And your blood vessels are how everything functions uh, well your blood supplies how everything functions let me rephrase that so when your blood vessels are low carrying that blood to how your organs function the most common organ we see affected by that is your kidneys Um, because if you don't have a good blood flow to your kidneys then your kidneys can't work very well so we see that a pretty common bit with people that get pretty dehydrated and their kidneys do take a hit with that so it's important to remember to stay hydrated um, so that you can make sure that you prevent any damage um, to your kidneys uh, to affect your sodium and you know along with that comes more and more complications you got to get pretty dehydrated to have those affected but those definitely can happen and lead to unfortunately other issues looks like we have a caller karen she's calling from past christian go ahead karen
2: Um, Yes, I recently um, got diagnosed with a kidney stone, and they told me I had gotten way too dehydrated. That was the number one cause. And um, it's very hard to drink 10 to 12 glasses of water a day. Oh, bless my heart. But they say uh, the South, it's like a kidney stone belt because so many people get so hot in this area that we live in, and it's not that uncommon. But any advice on treating and preventing
0: Stones, um. Yeah, so hydration is, it, like you said, hydration is definitely very important. And it is hard. It's really hard to drink a lot of water. um And it's hard when you're working and having to drink a lot of water and having to constantly run to and from the bathroom. That's another thing to think about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm
2: really good on the weekends, but <laughs> for Friday, it's tough. yeah, it's
0: hard. And, you know, and there are some works that, you know, want some job uh, environments where you can't actually carry water around with you. And so that makes it even more complicated when you're trying to fit it in here and there. Um, but yes, I think I definitely think hydration is going to be the biggest thing in your kidney stones. Um, that's going to be one of the biggest things. The other thing is, you know, if they continue to recur, they can do an analysis of the stones and they can tell you what kind um, most of our stones are going to be calcium stones. That's usually yeah, the most we've, common.
2: We've gotten that far. Um, I've had procedures and stents and um, it's, it's a uric acid stone. Oh, okay. So um, yours is a little. And so they tell me, yeah, just drink lots of water and the, it can dissolve. Like they were able to get one, but then the other one, yeah, they said, I'm on the course to try and dissolve it. But you have to, um, like, alpha shelter without the aspirin and that's got a lot of sodium in it so it's like they're supposed to drink a lot of water but then that makes you drink even more water it's like there's not enough water out there yeah on this path um oh, it's kind of hard
0: yeah it is it's it's very hard it's very hard if your job allows it you know one thing i've seen is people um carrying like a not just a water bottle but uh you know, one of those like Nalgene bottles or even the Yetis that keep your water cool because it's always a little bit easier to drink it when your water's cold Um, so that you can just keep it on your desk. Another thing I've seen people do, a lot of people um, in the hospital actually I've seen, they they make big jugs for themselves and they put lines on the jug that shows you every hour how much you're supposed to be drinking so that you don't have to drink all of it at once. So they'll have like by 8 o'clock this morning I want to have – have drink down to here by 10 o'clock this morning. I want to have drink this much so that that way you're not getting it all at once. Um, so that's sure. one thing I've that's, seen people do.
2: That's a clever tip. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Good luck with that. I know it's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, there are I would recommend if you do get a lot of kidney stones to have your kidney stones analyzed so you can know what kind they are, because there are some, you know, diet modifications that you can do. There is also not commonly do we use medicines, but there are a few medications that you can do that can alter. The way your kidneys process the different things that can lead to kidney stones. So it's important to make sure if you have frequent kidney stones, to get those checked out, like you did.
2: Yeah, yeah, this was my first time, so it's all brand new. I'm learning.
0: (laughs) But yeah, hydration is key. That's right. So maybe try the putting the label in your water bottle, so you can know how much to drink throughout the day.
2: Yeah, that's a great tip. I'll take it. Thank you. All right. Good luck, Karen.
0: Appreciate it. All right, next we have Diane. Go ahead, Diane.
3: Uh, yes, uh, I don't drink iced tea all the time, but usually when I drink it at night, I, I get terrible cramps. But um, I drink water, not a lot, a lot of water, I'm sure. I don't get enough. But is, is that depleting my potassium or magnesium? Is that what's going on? Or is it an indication I'm not having, getting enough?
0: It could be. It's hard to say for sure. You know, um, no matter. Sometimes people, no matter how much hydration and supplements with uh, potassium and magnesium that they take, even if their potassium and magnesium is normal, some people just get are unlucky and have cramps especially at nighttime but it's definitely right. important to make sure you're staying hydrated so that those muscles aren't going to cramp up and potassium and magnesium are and calcium are going to be all big players in muscle cramps too so if you have abnormalities in those particularly if they're low usually you can be uh-huh. more prone to developing cramps now our most of these medicines um, are going to be excreted through the um, kidneys and tea has caffeine in it. And caffeine is a natural diuretic medicine. So, okay. um, so it can make you a little more prone. You notice if you drink caffeinated drinks, you may go to the bathroom a little more frequently. So that's probably why it's that caffeine doing that. When you're going to the bathroom more frequently, you got to drink a little extra to keep up with that, to balance those losses.
3: Okay. And you may be losing a little. I drink a lot of coffee, and I, I don't have that. That effect, just when I drink that iced tea, and I drink mm-hmm. hot tea, I just started drinking hot tea, and mm-hmm. I didn't have that effect. I didn't notice it. I would have. The time I drink that cold iced tea, whether it's sweet or not, it just cramped me up all mm-hmm. night long, just about.
0: Yeah. So, I would, you know, that may be one thing to talk to your doctor about, and just make sure that your potassium and your magnesium and calcium are all normal. Um, okay, at, calcium.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Cal- calcium can do it too Usually you okay. don't cramp in your legs With calcium A lot of people cramp with their hands And things like that But potassium and magnesium and calcium All definitely play a role in muscle cramps so. But okay. you need to change some of that tea to water <laughs> And see if maybe that will help you some I do what right now I said maybe right. you could change the tea You're drinking to water And see if right. that will help a little bit
3: Okay. Is it's all definitely
0: right. important to make sure you're getting water to prevent those okay. muscles from cramping.
3: Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes,
0: ma'am. Thanks. And next we'll go to Sue. She's in Beaumont.
3: I'd like to ask you, what is the best way to cool somebody off that is that obviously a, having a heat stroke problems, like a player on the football field? I saw a player once just pass out from the heat. His face is all red and flushed. He just passed out. And the coach do a bucket of ice water on him. And to me, that seems kind of like they put a person in shock. What's, what's the best and quickest way to, to cool somebody down?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. So one of the first things you want to do is take them out of the heat. So um, on the football field, that's a little hard to do. But if there's a building that's close by that's air conditioned, getting them to a cool environment is going to be the first thing you do. Um, and then cooling them off, you know, if they have, uh, if there's particularly football players, um, or anybody, you know, if they have extra clothing on or a football equipment, you want to take that off, um, so that their body can try to start cooling off itself a little bit. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you do have to put them in a cool, um, Uh, With water Cool them off with water That's okay To put a little bit Of water in them Especially uh, Maybe a cool rag You may not want to dump it Completely all over over them Like he did Um, But definitely Putting some cool water In them Is what we tell people To do To cool them off um, but the biggest thing is just getting them out of that environment and into a cooler environment, taking their clothes off so that not completely but any extra clothing and equipment that their body can start cooling them off, and putting some cool water in them that usually does help some. Well thank you, yes, ma'am. Thanks for your call. We'll take a break today we're talking about the heat and the different complications that you can see. We'd love to hear any questions and comments that you may have so give us a call 1877 um, MPB ring that's 18776727464 and we'll continue our discussion right after the break.
1: This is
0: Southern Remedy Kids and Teens from MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. For most of us, summer is winding down, and we're talking to, but it's still hot. So we're talking today about the heat and the different complications that can be um, unfortunately developed with all this heat that we have. We'd love to hear your questions and comments, so give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. So we've been talking about heat um, and how our body is trying to regulate the heat. And um, we got into a little bit about the different complications that can happen with the heat, particularly dehydration. Um... So uh, we'll continue our discussions, but it looks like we have another caller. Tom, go ahead, Tom.
4: Uh, Charles, with that, Tom's fine.
0: Oh, I'm um, sorry. That's
4: okay. I've got two comments. Uh, one is they make a spray bottle that you put some little batteries in it. It's like a spritzer bottle with a fan on it.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, sir. Know, and you can put a couple double, double A batteries. But I've taken wintergreen alcohol, the green kind, mm-hmm. and spray that in front of my, you know, in front of a fan or something back on myself. And that seems to have a great cooling effect.
0: Yes, yes, it definitely can. It definitely can. Those cooling um, fans, especially if they have a mist, is very helpful. Um, right. Just fans in general don't necessarily make too much of a difference, especially if you're out and it's 100-degree weather, um, because it just circulates that heat. But that mist, again, helps cool things off, just like you said, um, and it definitely makes a huge a huge difference. So I think those cooling mist fans are wonderful.
4: Those winter, the wintergreen alcohol, effect, it's like a menthol effect on your skin. I don't know if it, if it helps a lot, but it really feels better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my second comment was, I'm drinking these little things like Splenda. Um, you mix them in maybe 16 ounces of water in your Powerade bottle, and they have five calories. Mm-hmm. Try to keep my calorie content down. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking those at night instead of drinking a beer. And I don't know how good those are for you, but I know that that might be an alternative to drinking water with, you know, they have uh root beer flavors and they have different, uh, you know, flavors out there and they, you find them in their, five little packets for like a dollar or something like that and they have like five calories.
0: Yes I think those are wonderful. I myself love the Crystal Light. Well I actually get the off brand but of the Crystal Light to add to my water which helps me drink more water. Um, those are all great. I think those are great tips. Uh, you do kind of have to watch with some of those sugar replacements um, because some people have some trouble digesting those and we don't know all the long term effects of them but I agree it's an easy way to help you drink your water and not give you as many calories because a lot of those kool-aids and different things like that that you can put in your water have lots of sugar and calories so those are that's a great suggestion for people um to help get their water in and add those but i would try to limit it you know just to a couple of times a day so that you're not getting so much of that sugar replacement
4: thank you very much i appreciate your, and enjoy your show doctor
0: yeah thank you so much that was a great tip um our caller earlier had asked about how to help increase her water intake and that he just had a great suggestion um adding that to your water app I, I personally do that um I usually do it at least once maybe twice a day to just break up the water so you're not drinking so you don't have get overwhelmed with how much water you're drinking um but you're not also run into a, a coke or a dr pepper or whatever your guilty pleasure is Uh, So we're talking about heat and the different complications. You know, we talked about dehydration a little bit earlier. Some of the other things that can happen is as you get hot and um, uh, some of it's a little bit uh, related to the dehydration, especially the cramps that you can get. Um, So a lot of people, we had a caller earlier talking about how she gets leg cramps at night and after she drinks tea. Um, but, yeah, hydration is very important in preventing the cramps. Most of the time you're going to get cramps in your legs, um, but some people also get spasms and cramps in their hands. That's another common place to get it uh, when you have the heat cramps. Some people even get them in their stomach. Um, you know, uh, the stomach in the is a muscle, um, so you can get actual cramps in your muscle in your stomach because the stomach is made of smooth muscle, so it has potential to cramp. Usually when you get cramps, um, you don't necessarily get that hot, hot temperature to your body or a fever like you do with heat exhaustion and heat strokes. Um, so you could just these are kind of more subtle findings that you have. So drinking the lots and lots and lots of fluids, getting people to a cool environment like we talked about earlier when you see somebody that's suffering from these um, complications with the heat. So trying to f- immediately find a shady area or a cool area to... Um, To bring your temperature down. So cramps can happen. Um, Heat exhaustion is the term we use that's kind of, you know, like I said, these are kind of all similar and on a spectrum. Um, So heat exhaustion is kind of the next step that our body can go through uh, when you're exposed to too much heat. Um, And heat exhaustion, some of the symptoms that you'll see is, uh, you know, feeling uh, sweaty, obviously, but pale, um you may notice that people get uh, very pale may feel a little nauseated um dizzy is another big thing especially the dizziness when you first stand up because if you're getting a little dehydrated again you have decreased blood volume in your vessels so when you stand up everybody automatically has uh what we call orthostatic symptoms where you kind of get that little rush of Uh, dizziness when you stand up because your blood pulls in the lower part of your legs and you have a brief uh, decreased blood flow to the brain so that's why you get that dizziness if you're dehydrated that's going to be more you're going to feel those symptoms more and amplified because your blood volume is gone your your blood volume is decreased Um, so you may see a lot of dizziness um, sometimes people even faint. Um, we have that a lot, you know, people that come in the, the, after they've passed out. And a lot of times it's from changing positions, either from lying down to sitting up or sitting, up, sitting down to standing up. Um, and so it can lead to fainting with the dizziness. And then weakness, you know, not necessarily any um, focal weakness, like this leg won't work or this arm won't work, but just that overall feeling of fatigue and weakness. And so those happen more at uh, when your body gets heated up to a more mild temperature, about 100, 102. Um, So you need to, you know, make sure when you start seeing these symptoms, the biggest thing is trying to prevent it from developing into a heat stroke or these symptoms worsen and progressing. So immediately when you see these symptoms, make sure, you know, you get to a cool environment that you start drinking more. Um, preferably water. You know, most of the time, uh, water is sufficient. Um, you are losing electrolytes like we talked about, that potassium and the sodium. So it's okay to drink those sports drinks and those electrolyte replacement uh, fluids, even Pedialyte. Some people drink Pedialyte. Uh, but you want to make sure that you're also replacing with water. You don't want too much of those electrolytes because that can also cause a problem. So you kind of got to balance it out with, uh, usually if the symptoms are mild, water is just fine to replace those fluids. So from heat exhaustion, you know, the next thing would be heat stroke. And we've all heard the term heat stroke, but you know, what does that actually mean? Um, it's kind of more progression of those symptoms that you had for the heat exhaustion, which I feel like living in Mississippi, we've probably all experienced at some point in our life, but heat stroke the thing that makes it differ is because you actually, your body cannot regulate the temperature. So that's usually once your body gets to about 104, 105 degrees and it just gets overwhelmed. Um, You'll notice that your heart starts racing. You start breathing faster Those are all very common once your temperature gets high. Um, And then, unfortunately, the neurologic symptoms are developed. So that's when you see people get confused, um, or delirium is the term that we use, where they just, nothing seems to make sense. They're kind of talking out of their head. Um, They're not responding to you appropriately. They may be a little more somnolent and not, uh, when you're trying to talk to them, they're very kind of tired and slow to respond to you. The other thing is sometimes hallucinations. So you may see or hear things uh, once you get past that point with the neurologic symptoms. Seizures. Seizures can also happen. Um, And, you know, that's all related to the heat. If you cool them off, a lot of times this gets better. It can even affect your blood clotting system in your body, and um, you can have problems with bleeding, um, even internal bleeding as well. Uh, So it it can lead to a lot of bad things, heat stroke can. You know, one of the myths out there is that uh, you don't sweat when you have a heat stroke. And, you know, I I read a statistic that 50 percent of of people may not be sweating and still suffer from a heat stroke. Um, But, you know, if just because they are sweating and they're still having these symptoms, they still could be suffering from a heat stroke. And a heat stroke is is definitely um, life threatening. And if it's not treated properly, it can eventually lead to death. So um, it's very important when you see these symptoms, especially of the heat exhaustion, just those kind of more mild symptoms with the dizziness and the tired and maybe a little nauseated headaches, to try to go in and intervene then before it can progress to that heat stroke when you can get the neurologic symptoms and the life-threatening symptoms. If you see somebody doing that, immediately get them to a cool environment like we talked about earlier whether that be in the shade or if, um, you know, like on the football field, if there's a cool building, a uh, air-conditioned building nearby, get them there. Um, fans, you know, you can fan them. Sometimes if you're out in the middle of the heat and the sun, you're just circulating that warm air. But like our caller earlier suggested, those cool mist fans that actually spray a mist on you, that helps with the cooling process um, with the body. And plus that in combination with the fan definitely helps. And if, you know, if you got to pour water in them, cold water in them um, to get them cooled off, that's totally okay as well. If you see any of these uh, serious symptoms that we talked about, especially these neurologic symptoms, you need to call emergency personnel immediately. Um, Especially if you're out somewhere like um, on the soccer field or on the football field, you know, try to get somebody there because they may need to be evaluated in a hospital. They may need IV fluids, um, checking their blood counts, their electrolytes and different things like that as well. So make sure you if you see somebody progress into these neurologic symptoms, cool them off, but call 911 immediately as well. We're going to continue our discussions about heat and the different complications that you have. We've had some great calls, and we'd love to continue hearing from you um, your different struggles with the heat or any suggestions that you've had. We've had some great suggestions by some of our callers. So give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 We'll be back after the break.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we've been talking about the Mississippi heat and the different complications that can occur, especially as our fall sports are gearing back up and kids are out on the soccer field and the football field and exposed to this heat. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. We've had some great discussions already about the different complications and different things you can do to help prevent the complications with the heat. Um, Looks like we have another caller, so we'll continue the calls. Go ahead. We got Frank. Go ahead, Frank.
5: Yes, I was just calling with uh, a suggestion to cool folks down. I heard the lady earlier talking about uh, the football player having cold ice thrown on them. Didn't know if that was the correct way to do it, but uh, we used to play ball in the summers when it was so hot especially with our little girl softball and uh, we had a uh, situation where we would take a ice chest and put ice in it and and water and go to the pharmacy and get some spirits of ammonia and put that in there with the water and put a little lemon in there and it's just refreshing but the ammonia if you put a towel in there and freeze it out and put it on the person who is getting hot and overheating the ammonia, the evaporation of the ammonia, mm-hmm. it just immediately takes them down. And it's just a quick, simple way to do that. And I thought that people might find that helpful.
0: Yeah, that's a good tip. You know, it's all about that evaporation of those uh, of your sweat and the water to cool your body off, like we talked about earlier. And we had a caller talk about how he um, does the alcohol, mixes wintergreen alcohol in his water to help cool him off. So, yeah, anything that can help with that evaporation process is going to cool you off a lot faster. So that's a great tip. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for your call. Next, we've got Crystal. She's in Hattiesburg. Go ahead, Crystal. Hey, uh, I just had a suggestion. My granddaughter uh, has been diagnosed with POTS, and
2: she has some neuropathy that does cause her not to sweat. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten some of those camel packs, the water packs you wear on your back, Mm -hmm. and I freeze them, and she wears it on her back, and it keeps her body cool.
0: Yeah, that's a good – I've never heard of that, but that's a great tip. Um, Well –
2: as it melts, she can drink the water, mm-hmm. and um, she has to drink a lot of water with, with pots anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: it's cool water to keep her cool internally, and it keeps her cool externally to keep it from overheating.
0: Yeah, that's a great. And, you know, keeping it, especially on your back, that's one of your core areas, and that's a great place to keep your body cool. So that's that's well, a wonderful tip.
2: Well, just if you're doing it, be sure you don't fill it completely up when you before you put it in the freezer because yeah. the water expands, expands and you don't want you don't want to bust the pack. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's very true. That's very true. Well, that's a great that's a great suggestion. We appreciate that, Crystal. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was talking about putting a um filling a camelback and putting freezing it and put it on your body to keep you cool. I when I was in medical school I worked with a surgeon and he actually had a um he had a vest that he would wear that would circulate cool water through his vest. And um so for his long surgeries cause he was a um he was a cardio vascular surgeon so he would do these long surgeries 10 12 hour surgeries and um, they could be very overwhelming so his cooling vest always kept him kept him going and kept him cool under those lights and different things so that's a great tip crystal i i never really knew how you could mimic that or recreate that but um what you said is a good idea uh next we have ron he's in raymond go ahead ron hey um
6: doctor what what happened was last friday you know i been drinking too many I'm like diet Mountain Dews and not enough water well next thing I know my heart rate was abnormal Mm -hmm. and it was all because of you know the higher level of caffeine and I was dehydrated so I learned a lesson now I just drink water and i stay away from caffeinated drinks.
0: Yes, yes. Caffeine definitely can do that and especially if, you know, we talked about earlier, caffeine can be a diuretic as well so it makes you go to the bathroom more and more prone to um losing your fluids, but it definitely has the side effects of making you jittery and your heart rate up and all of those things that can go along with dehydration. So it just it's that's a bad combination. So yeah, I'm glad you you discovered that that it it definitely yeah, is not I, a good I combination.
6: No, but I didn't want to discover an emergency room. You know, I thought, well, something's going wrong with my. You know, I'm pretty healthy, and you know, I never thought. You know, I thought like Monster Energy drinks and mm. and those. You know, but I never thought. You know, a diet. You know, Mountain Dew. You know, has like seventy milligrams of caffeine, but three or four of those and not enough water. You know, was enough to, yeah. to make my heart rate kind of. Not do what it was supposed to.
0: Yeah, and it it makes your heart rate go up, and and sometimes uh, people are prone to having those uh, what we call PVCs, which are a little early beats, and it makes that's those what, worse. And that yeah, that's, it,
6: yeah, go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's what my mind was, ma'am. That, the, the earlier heartbeat. Yeah, the
0: PVCs, yeah, and caffeine, you know, it it raises your heart rate so it makes you have a few more of those PVCs and it can it can be a really bad feeling. I fortunately have never experienced it, but I've taken care of patients that have and it it looks pretty distressing and uncomfortable. So, um, Yeah.
6: It, you know, it, now now everything's back to normal, so now I've kind of shied away, you know, from from caffeinated drinks and you know, I mean, it's it's a better thing to do anyway. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a a good lesson to learn, but you know, not not. I I wish I had not. uh, I wish I had not learned it, but but now you know, I feel better.
0: Yes, and now you can. You just educated everybody listening to this this radio show too, which was great. So okay,
6: all right. Well, thank you.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Ron. Glad you're feeling better now.
6: Yes, ma'am. Have a good day.
0: You too. Um, Next, we have James. He's in Ridgeland. Go ahead, James.
4: Yes,
3: sir. I had a
0: question
3: about tenonol, uh blood pressure medicine. Uh huh. And uh, what all is it for? Is it for the heart rate and everything? What is it? You
0: you said atenolol.
3: Yes, sir. Atenolol.
0: Yeah, so atenolol is um and the class of medications that we call beta blockers, um yeah. and so we can use those for several different things. Um, most of the time, we use that for blood pressure. Um, The other thing that the beta blockers do is they slow your heart rate down some. So some people that have um, abnormal heart rhythms, um, like we were just talking about with our other caller, PVCs or premature ventricular contractions, early beats, slows your heart rate down so you don't have to experience those. Um, There are a few beta blockers that we use too for migraine prevention. I know that sounds a little crazy. Atenolol is not usually one of them, but that class of medications we can use sometimes to help prevent headaches and migraines. So there's a variety of different things that it could be used for, but majority of the time you see it, it's going to be for blood pressure.
4: Okay, all
0: right. Well, I have to take lisinopril too. It hurt to take both of Lisinopril, no, sir. That's, it's just, that's another blood pressure medication, um, and it just works a little bit differently. It actually works more on the kidneys than the, like, the beta blockers do, um, so it's just another way to combat high blood pressure, and... Unfortunately, you know, most people that have high blood pressure are going to need at least two medicines to take care of their blood pressure. So um, it's okay to take those together. And I would say majority of my blood pressure medication patients have at least two medicines that they're own. Okay. All
2: right. Well, that was my question. And I appreciate it. Thank you all so much.
0: Yeah. Thanks for your call. We appreciate it. We're going to take another break. Um, we were continuing our discussions about heat and the different complications, but you can call about anything, and we're, we'll talk about whatever. So, give us a call back at one eight seven seven NPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back after the break.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. For most of us, the summer's winding down, but the heat still remains, and it's going to be here probably for another few more months. So we've been talking today about heat and the different complications that can happen with the heat, ways to prevent that. We've had some great suggestions from our callers. We'd love to hear any of your questions and comments, so give us a call at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. So we've talked a a lot about the different complications that can happen with the heat. One thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about, too, and mentioned is, you know, we a lot of times we think about um, working outside because we have a lot of people that work outside, um, playing sports, our kids out there, you know, on the football fields, on the soccer fields. I was out on the soccer fields this past weekend, and it was it was pretty miserable. Um, And our kids are going to be the ones that are more prone to it. So um, we see that a lot. Um, one thing that, you know, we hear about, um, the usually the tragic side of this, and, but it's something that we don't think about a ton as we're just going about our busy day, is kids being left in the car and um, unfortunately having complications from the heat stroke. Uh, so that's something I definitely wanted to make sure that we mentioned and talked about today uh, because it, it unfortunately happens far too often. Um, And it's something that can easily be prevented. Um, We are all very busy people. I was actually having a conversation with one of my colleagues about this this morning in clinic before I got here to the radio show is is life is so busy Um, and it feels like we're constantly in a rush and it just seems to get worse and worse every year. Um, So we're busy we can get into our routine of going, going, going and forget just common things looking in the back seat of your car to make sure your child has, you know, is not there. Um, so, uh, you know, and that goes for not only leaving your kid in the car, but as kids, they like to explore and they are very adventurous. Um, and so they can climb into cars, too. And that's another thing that we don't always think about. You know, if you have your car out in the garage or if you're at a friend's house and um, you left your car in the driveway, make sure you're locking your car because kids will sneak away. And just like we've talked about before, kids sneak away, get into cabinets and cleaning supplies and medicines or find the swimming pools. Um, They'll find the cars, too. I used that was one of my favorite things as a kid was sitting in the driver's seat of the car and honking the horn and pretending that I'm driving the car. Um, and I think most kids enjoy doing that. They all love to drive. Uh, so they can sneak in that car and easily lock themselves in the car. Um, so make sure if you always lock your car, when you go inside, if you have little kids or are going to be around little children, because they can sneak in there and get locked in. And that's something that, um, we don't always think about, you know, they, the, um, If you can't find a child, they say the first two places to look are always the pool and the car because kids are going to find their way into places where they're not supposed to be. But back to the, you know, leaving your kid in the car, um, most of us think we'd never do it, but once we get busy and you kind of, you just forget. So a few tips that may help you prevent leaving your kid in the car Always check the back seat. Obviously, that's a pretty easy thing to remember, but sometimes we can't always remember to do that. But avoiding distractions, you know, we sh- none of us really need to be on our cell phones when we're driving anyway. Um, but definitely putting your cell phone away uh, when you're driving because that's going to just get you distracted, especially if you're on a phone call when you're dropping your child off, it's- you're going to be distracted and forget The other thing that I think is probably the most helpful tip is just put something back in the back seat that you have to take out when you get to your work or your house or wherever you're going. Um, So if you carry a bag or a briefcase into work, you could even put your cell phone back there in the back seat because everybody takes their cell phone everywhere. But put it in the back seat if that's where your child is so that that way when you go to grab that, You're going to be constantly reminded of what's in the back seat. Sometimes things, uh, your routine's kind of thrown off, and you may have somebody else that's taking your child to work. So always make sure you call and make sure your child gets there safely. Another thing you can do is have the daycare or the preschool or wherever your child's going to um, have your cell phone and call. You know, have a little thing set up that if your child is 10 to 15 minutes late, that they're going to give you a call and see where they are. And so it just kind of holds you accountable for it. Um, Some people like to set reminders on their phone. So if you're one of those people that likes a reminder on your phone, that's always another option is to put um, a reminder on your phone so you can make sure just to double-check things. Um, You know, it's very important to make sure that you're watching a child in the car because if you've sat in a car that's not you know, turned on in the heat, you know how quickly it heats up. It can heat up about 20 degrees in as little as 10 minutes. Um, And as we talked about earlier, kids are going to be more prone to getting overheated. So um, their body heats up about, you know, three, four, five times faster than adults does. So if you think about how fast the car heats up, how fast their bodies heat up, it's just a recipe for a disaster. So the biggest thing is making sure you're conscious of this trying to find different ways to make sure you remember to do that um, to hopefully help prevent any of those tragedies. Uh, Sometimes as much as you try to prevent, things are going to happen, unfortunately, but as long as we're doing our best to prevent it, that's all we can do. What do you do if you see somebody's kid in the car? Um I feel like that's a common question we get too is if you're walking into the grocery store and you look and you see a car that's not running and you see a child in there what should you do Um so protecting children is our responsibility uh so if you see a child unattended and you're concerned just call 911 Um, nobody's going to fault you for doing that. Even if their mom's just right around the corner and you didn't see them, you're taking the precautions and you're trying to watch out for the children and that's what's most important. If the kid is okay and they are responsive and they don't appear to be in pain, call 911 um, and just stay with the child. You know, you don't necessarily have to bust the window open immediately, especially if the kid looks like everything is okay. But obviously, if the child is not responding, Appears to be in pain. You need to get the child out of the car immediately. So do whatever that takes. You know, again, call 911. Um, but do what you got to do to get the cal- ca- child out of the car and get them to a cool environment. We've had a great discussion. Thanks to all our callers today for uh, discussing about the different heat and the complications. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.